Hi, everyone, and welcome to Best Thoughts with Dr. Rick Johns and myself, Dr. Will John. But guess what? Yes, we are brothers. And so we're just glad that you've joined us for this, our very first episode. Uh, we hope it's going to be worth your while. And so, Rick, right off the bat, tell us about yourself and why do you want to do a podcast like this? Uh, thank you, Will. It's a privilege to be on your podcast and certainly has nothing to do with the fact that I owe you money and you want to do your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, and thanks for mentioning that I am a doctor because you may have seen me on Grey's Anatomy uh, or ER. And <laughs> uh, no, I wish. Uh, actually, Will and I have our doctors in ministry and we have a passion of helping people on the spiritual journey. And I like that we're calling it best thoughts. Uh, might be a little arrogant, but <laughs> hopefully what we want to do is we want to bring you the best thoughts that we've come across, that we've read, that we've heard, whatever mediums. I know we both listen to podcasts, so that's why we like podcasts. Uh, we both like to read. We both like to discuss and get in depth in some of these topics. And both of us uh, share a passion for figuring life out, like life is complex. Uh, maybe none of you have noticed that or had that experience, but at least for me, I can only speak for me, life is very complicated and there's so many times where I'm just looking for answers and trying to figure out what in the world do I do now. And so I tend to research and read when I need to find answers. And being a pastor, I want to share those answers. That's, that's what God has called me to do. So I'm excited about uh, trying out this podcast thing and seeing how it goes. Yeah, me too, Rick. You know, in, in fact, um, for me, it's all about figuring out the things that make life work. As you said, you know, mm. life is very complicated. Uh, life can be very difficult. And uh, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if there's anybody out there uh, listening to us right now that hasn't had some difficult moments in the past year. Because uh, it, it's been a tough year for everybody. Yeah. And uh, we're not going to overly dwell on that. But we're going to look at some things that just help us make life work, mm -hmm. and 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 I'm I'm very passionate about things that are practical, uh, little tidbits that that somebody could easily put into practice uh, right away, little life hacks that just make an immediate difference. Uh, you know, we don't have to lay on a couch and um, be psychoanalyzed for years. To make change in our life, you know, we can uh, we can make some simple changes very very quickly, and and that's the kind of thing that excites me. I love sharing those uh, aha moments that I have when I read something new, when I discover something new. Uh, I just feel a calling, like you said, Rick, to just share that with other people so they get the benefit that mm -hmm. that I've enjoyed. And and I, I want to say this right off the bat. I'm not going to suggest or promote anything that I haven't field tested on myself. <laughs> I, I want to try it on myself first, make sure it works, make sure it makes a difference for me personally. It still may not be the best thing for you, um, but I can promise you that I have tried it. I put it into practice and, and anything that we end up promoting on this podcast will be something that each of us uh, has put into practice in our own lives. I mean, hmm. do you agree with me with that, Rick, yeah. or do you practice hypocrisy? Where, where are you at with that? 
Well, all I'm thinking, all I'm thinking as you're talking is how can we get sponsored by a women's clothing line? I'd like to see you put that into practice. Uh, no, I wouldn't actually. I really would not. Have mercy. <laughs> Nobody would. Uh, that's a guarantee. But hey, if you are looking to sponsor a podcast, uh, that's something we'll be open to. We will take lots of money if you want to give it to us. Uh, but that's a that's a side note. Really, we're here to help people. Uh, we're not looking to to make a ton of money off this or anything. Uh, and I agree with you, Will. Uh, these are things that we want to share with you that work uh, that we've found helpful. And we recognize everybody's on their own journey. That that's a helpful thing too. Uh, if you read all the great spiritual writers, uh, past and present, uh, there's a recognition. Step number one, God works with everybody in a very individual way, very personally, very individually. Uh, and, and that's my own you know, experience that God has met me in just in ways that are very personal to me and very touching and very meaningful that I recognize would definitely not be the same for other people and to let other people have that freedom to do the journey their way. So the things we, we share you know, are hopefully going to be principles and things that could be applied Yes, yes, exactly. In fact, you know, that's that's kind of the main point that that I want to share in this in this first episode and it, and it comes out of my own journey is that that we all need to find our own way. We all need to um find what we're called to do with our life. Uh no one person, no other person can tell us specifically and exactly uh what we should be doing with our lives. And, and I remember this one day, Rick, uh, it's very clear in my mind where it was probably 10 or 12 years ago now, and I just woke up this one day and I was not happy. I was not feeling good. I was not happy with where my life was at at that, at that point in my life. And I remember asking this question, and here's a question that I think could be valuable for, for others to ask themselves. I asked myself, who gave me this script? Mm. And and mm. why am I committed to acting it out? Mm. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know me at all, um, I had some experience in college being on a, a drama team, and I actually wrote a script and performed a play at one point um, that was about an hour long, and it was an incredible experience. And so because of that in my background, and, and it wasn't a great play, by the way, I'm sure Rick will will uh, confirm that for you. <laughs> um, but it was it was fun to do. And I, I loved the process, the creative process. But, you know, I, I, I had that experience of being given lines, acting them out, being a part of a play. And so this this idea of someone handed me a script that uh, that I was committed to doing and then realizing that I just don't want to do this. I don't, I don't like this script. Why am I living someone else's plan for my life and not living my life? Mm. And, and so that, that just started me on a journey. And uh, then somebody pointed me to this, this Bible text. I think it's in Mark chapter 10 where, where Jesus asked this blind man, you know, what do you want me to do for you? Mm. And, I, and someone challenged me, just, just keep asking yourself that question. Uh, and so I kept asking myself, you know, uh, this question coming from God, what do you want me to do for you? And, and I didn't have an answer. Yeah. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. 
what I wanted God to do for me. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know a lot about myself. I had been so committed to living someone else's script for me uh, that I hadn't found answers uh, for my own life. So, so that's something that I think you know we can find hopefully valuable in our time together is, is just looking uh, for some of those answers that you can find individually for yourself. Uh, like Rick said, we're not going to give you all the specifics. You've got to figure it out. It's an individual thing, but we're going to give you principles, ideas, and questions. And, and there's a good one just to start with is, um, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Yeah. Yeah. I love that that comes from Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is not, you know, I think church goes wrong when church becomes a one size fits all cookie cutter. If you're, and I, I know all of us as children, if you grew up in the church, the tendency or the easy, the easy um, kind of blanket thought that you have is, oh, if I'm going to be a good Christian, then I've got to look like this. And we kind of get this vision maybe from our, our local church, whatever church we grew up in, or our parents, uh, for instance, and we think, oh, I got I to gotta be like that. And uh, hopefully I think that's changing in the sense that we're starting to recognize there is such a wide variety of gifts and talents and things and ways that God can use you. Uh, I remember thinking growing up, and of course it's been a number of years ago now, now that I'm over 40 and one of those old guys now talking about talking about my journey from the past. An old man. Exactly. <laughs> but I remember as a young person, you know, especially those teenage years, you just kind of long for that freedom and to kind of get out and do it your own way. But what I didn't know at my teenage years was that I could be free in Christ. Like I kind of thought, well, either I have to be a good Christian, which means keeping all these rules and kind of boring and kind of stuffy and, you know, you got to be real pious and holy, uh, or I can give all that up and be real worldly and just be a sinner <laughs> and just go out and live, mm. you know, the rock star mm. lifestyle or whatever. And, and the, the thing that I missed, and this is to your question, is that, that Jesus actually wants us to be happy. And so I, I'll just share a real a pivotal time in my own personal journey. I went really kind of legalistic around age 16 and 17. And I did that because we had just moved. And I think the move was pretty traumatic for me. And I went from a tiny school where I had really close friendships to this huge school where I didn't know anybody. And, and, and I moved in the middle of the year to make it that much worse. And so some of you who, you know, maybe moved as a teenager can relate to this. And it's, it's just kind of a teenage years are lonely anyway. And that just compounded it. And I felt out of place and I felt lonely and, and I didn't know what to do with any of those feelings. I don't know that I was even conscious of them. Uh, but what I did is I said, well, uh, you know, God is the solution. So I leaned, you know, further into God and just really got very zealous and kind of legalistic about it. And, you know, long story short, after about a year and a half where I, I went very extreme uh, in my faith and just having to be a super Christian and 
even from what I ate and how I dressed and being judgmental of my friends and listening only to Christian music. And I quit the basketball team because that was too worldly. I mean, I really took it. When I say I took it a long ways, I took it as far as I would go until I basically had a nervous breakdown, a nervous breakdown from trying to be holy. (laughs) That's the best way I can describe it. And when I hit that point, I remember waking up one morning, I was angry, I was mad at God, I was bitter, and I said, forget this. I am out. I'm done. God is too hard. He's too strict. I can't be this good for him. I can't be this holy. I just want to be free and do whatever I want. And so that day I went to school and we had this uh, new school chaplain, uh, LeClaire Litchfield. Will, I know he meant a lot to you too. And he was this great, great uh, grace-filled Christian And I walked into his office as a 17-year-old angry uh, teenage boy, and I said to him, well, I gave up on God today. And I expected him to like, you know, just panic or his eyes get really big and be shocked uh, because I was his student chaplain. Like I worked side by side. I was like his vice president at the school. And I thought he would just be stunned because I was Mr. Religious and Holy. And you know, he didn't bat an eye, you know, Lich, he just looked at me Mm -hmm. and I, you know, recognizing now he had worked with lots of young people. So this was nothing new for him. And he knew teenagers love shock effect and all of that. And so he just sat there and patiently listened to my story and asked me to talk about it. And I just, he was the first person that I ever told all these inner thoughts and struggles. And, you know, I don't think I can be good enough and God isn't, you know, God's harsh and this is too much. And And I remember one of the things he said to me in that conversation, which really changed my life. He said, Rick, where is the joy? And it blew my mind. I'm like, what do you mean? But I got it because I said, yeah, the Bible does talk about joy. Joy is one of the fruits of the spirit. I had zero joy. Absolutely none. I had negative joy. I don't know if there's a scale where you can go negative on joy, whatever that is, anger or or frustration or discouragement or depression, whatever negative joy we want to say, that's what I had. And he said to me very patiently, he says, you know, I struggle with that too. And he says, sometimes when I start getting very legalistic, he said, I have to stop and ask myself that question. And he says, I encourage you in your spiritual journey, ask yourself regularly, where's the joy? And Mm. he said, if there's no joy, then God's not in it because that's a fruit of the spirit. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's a great story, Rick. You know, I love the, I love the question, where is the joy? Uh, and I, and I think sometimes, you know, we're our own worst enemy and, and that's where I think the, the power of getting refocused on some of these best thoughts and part of it will probably be asking some great questions, you know, as we as we mm-hmm. get together on this podcast. Thinking about a really good question is what takes you in the direction that you need to go on your journey. Uh, and so, you know, asking yourself, where is the joy? Yeah. And, and and maybe maybe some of you have struggled with this kind of either or thinking that that Rick was talking about, where it's like oh, well, the church is very legalistic and rigid and stuffy, so either I'm in or I'm out. And I'm I'm in as a legalist and miserable, or I'm out trying to have fun, but then I'm I'm miserable because I don't have God and hope and and the joy that comes from that. You know, so 
um, we don't have to think that way. We don't have to think with either or thinking. We can look at options and ways of living and being in the world that are, that are beyond where we're currently at. Um, I love the line that says, you know, the, the thinking that got you into the problem is not going to get you out of it. Uh, so, <laughs> so what, whatever has gotten you to this point in your life, if there's pieces of your life that you're just not super happy about right now, then say, you know, is there something that I haven't thought of? Is there a new thought, a new way of being uh, in the world that, that could, uh, could solve this for me or could make my life better? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the other thing that I think is so crucial, and it's something I, I want to definitely talk about probably almost every time that we, we do this podcast, is the fact that individually we can make decisions, we can make choices, we can take action that change the experience and the quality of our lives internally, even as the external world stays the same. And, and so it, it's so easy for me to, to look at the news and see what's happening in the world and say, well, once the outside world gets fixed, then I can be happy. Yeah, I was going to say to that, that is a, a big lesson from that moment in my life, because here I am going to this high school, feeling lonely and whatever, and trying to process all these things and getting all angry and torn up and worked up inside and nothing really changed about my life except my internal, my internal of all these voices in my head that were judging me. They're saying, you got to be better and you, you're not good enough and you're not holy enough and you're not this, you're not that. Those were the voices that I was listening to. And once I met with Lich and he sat there and said, where's the joy? And then he went on to explain to me about grace God's grace. And he just put it together in a way that I literally walked out of his office a different person. Mm. Mm. None of my circumstances had changed. Yes. I'm still the you know kid, a junior in high school who's still trying to make friends and you know figure his way out with acne and all the other trials of teenage life. But inwardly, I was a completely different person. Like, I call that my conversion experience right there in his office. Mm. And by the way, my conversion experience, which I'm happy to share, uh, is kind of that opposite. And I, I like to share it because the conversion experience, you know, we usually hear Will is the person went out and did drugs and alcohol and, you know, sex and wine and whatever they did, all these terrible quote things. And then finally, you know, after they tried everything in the world, they came back to God. And that's powerful. And, and I'm happy they came back to God. But I'm also talking out there to those who are listening that have been in the church their whole lives. You can still have a conversion experience. And some of us need to be converted from uh, our upbringing and from mm -hmm. our super religiousness mm -hmm. or just freed from that uh, fear that, oh, I, I would like to be myself, but if I am, then it's not good enough. And God, you know, he needs me to be all these kind of things. So I think a lot of what we'll talk about in this podcast is how do we let God give us that abundant life that he talked about, where there is freedom. The Bible talks about freedom tremendously. It talks about joy, all these kind of things that we can find even within the church, within our relationship with God, 
and really truly coming into our own and really becoming more of ourselves and more satisfied and more fulfilled. So like you said, we get out of that either or uh, mm. thinking that I think the devil wants to put us into. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. You know, it's uh, it's so true that, um, you know, here your, your outside world didn't change at all, but because of a new thought that, that was put in your mind by, the, by Chaplain Litchfield, you come out of there with a sense of, of being loved by God's grace, a sense of where's the joy, asking yourself that question, starting to, to seek that answer. And here, here's another powerful, powerful thing about a good question is that when you ask yourself a good question, your mind will keep working on it, even when you're thinking about something else. So if you, if you really, if you really want to see um, something important change in your life, so maybe you're sitting here thinking, yeah, you're right. I don't have a lot of joy right now. Uh, my life has been pretty bad. I've been spending the, the last week throwing up in a trash can because my stomach's <laughs> in knots from what's going on in the world, yes. you know? <laughs> that doesn't sound good. That's, uh, that's a terrible image. I'm sorry. I, I... <laughs> I shouldn't have gone there. Sorry about that. Um, but whatever, whatever you've experienced, whatever uh, challenges you know you've been going through in the, in the past week, um, maybe you're asking, you know, where's the joy? But but stick with that question. Put that in your mind, and you know, you'll be amazed at at how you start to find answers to that question. Uh, the the other thing I'm going to say about your story, Rick, that I think applies to every single human being on this planet is that um, all of us at some point in our life, usually in childhood to kind of deal with the, the pains and, and difficulties that we all experienced in childhood and the powerlessness that we felt as children. Because mm. when you're going through pain as a child, you don't have a lot of options to change it. It's mm. certainly not your environment. And, and so it's easy for a child to, to, to maintain some sense of power to say to themselves, you know, well, if I just did this, I could fix my life. And so it's kind of this belief that, you know, like, like you were trying spiritually is, well, if I was just perfect, yeah. if I followed all the rules, if I did everything right, um, then my life would be great. And so this is, this is basically where perfectionism comes from. Yeah, and so a child that that can't control much of of their environment decides, well, if I just did this, if I just did that, if I if I was just a little bit of a of a better child, my parents wouldn't argue anymore, mm. and you know, and and um, my 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 dad wouldn't lose his job, you know, if I just prayed a little harder, you know, my mom would feel better and not be so sick all the time, or you know, whatever thing that you think you can control and 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 really you can't yeah and so we, we put that burden of perfectionism on ourselves which is yeah. a huge huge weight whatever journey you're on you don't have to do it perfectly yeah you don't have to like get everything exactly 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 right just start by accepting god's grace start with yeah. a sense that I am a human being that is loved by God. I have intrinsic value no matter what I accomplish or don't accomplish in this life. And then when we when we when we start from that place, 
uh, then we could do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it's amazing what we can accomplish when we're no longer trying to earn our place, you know, in life and earn our place of acceptance and et cetera. So all kinds of stuff that we're going to be able to get into in the future. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, Rick, about where this podcast is going. Yeah, you just reminded me. I want to do the book, uh, "The Gift of Imperfection" by Brene Brown, because she Ooh, goes really in deep in yes. that and in depth in that subject. And uh, just you know, from my story, I want to give a shout out because I know there's a lot of other people out there like me who probably struggle with tendencies towards perfectionism, or at least, or at least struggling like feeling like everything you do should be perfect, even if you can't. And I think you touched on something something really important there, Will, when you were talking about control. It is a control thing. Perfectionism is about control, and it comes comes uh, bubbling to the surface for me whenever I feel out of control. And so I know, you know, with a recent uh, stressful experience I was going through, I noticed I was just like cleaning. <laughs> it just started cleaning. <laughs> Whatever I could clean, organize, sort... Uh, I just, without thinking, I'm just doing it. And I, then I just had this moment of awareness, like, what am I doing? Like, I hate cleaning. I don't do it. And I'm doing it like in my spare time for fun or something. (laughs) And so I said, oh, you know what? Because I'm, I'm stressed. Oh, and I'm stressed. So I'm feeling out of control. Yeah, I can't control all this. So I can control my desk and reorganizing and cleaning out the papers Mm -hmm. and, you know, not the worst thing to do in stress, probably some worse habits out there I could turn to, but just becoming aware. And so that's where the grace thing becomes so powerful because grace says you're not in control and it's okay. Mm. God is in control. Mm. So he's got it. Things will work out. You don't have to, you know, have everything. You don't have to make everything work out. Um, And you can't. So that's a, a bit of a gift to just say, oh, you know what? I'm not the one on the throne. I'm not the one that has to run this universe. If I don't succeed here, that's okay. If this mm-hmm. doesn't go this certain way, then we'll deal with it. We can handle Like there's always, the grace says there's always something good that can come from anything. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, wow, that would be a powerful podcast for later, but... Um, to really start to believe and see how good can come from anything can really help with all those fears and needs to control and perfectionism. Thank thank you for for that, Rick, because I think all of us have found ourselves kind of compulsively either cleaning or trying to somehow over-control something that we really couldn't control. And it's just, it's just our human nature, you know, we want to be in control, we feel like if we're in control, then everything's going to be fine. But if we're not, then something bad's going to happen. And, and there's a lot of fear there, you know, and, and so, you know, one of of the huge gifts that we can give ourselves is letting go of control, letting go of trying to control what we can't control. Uh, If you want a recipe to send your anxiety through the roof, try to control what you can't control. (laughs) Try to control what you can't control. Try to control. Try to control what you can't control. Try to control. Try to control what you can't control. Try to control. Try to control what you can't control. 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 Control.
And, and this, this is the irony and the, the counterintuitiveness of control is that when we let go of controlling what we cannot control, which is other people, uh, outer circumstances for the most part, uh, suddenly we have way more control over our own lives because we're no longer wasting energy on something that, that will make no difference at all. But if I spend that same amount of energy on something that would make a difference, for instance, taking care of my, my own soul by, you know, soul care practices that are beneficial, like going walking, praying, filling my mind with positive thoughts, listening to a podcast just like this one that, <laughs> that makes my mind, <laughs> makes me think about things, you know, in a different light, asking good questions, all of that stuff. Now, that's, that's something I can control. And, and, and here's what I find, Rick, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when I'm focused on doing something I can control, my anxiety comes way down and I feel so much more empowered. I just feel better. I feel more optimistic, mm. more yeah. upbeat, and and way, way, way less anxious. And and you know, we talked at the beginning how we we both have our doctorates um, in spiritual growth and in ministry. Um, however, I I think I should have an honorary doctorate in anxiety because the level <laughs> of anxiety that I have put myself through over the course of my life uh, deserves some kind of recognition or award. <laughs> well, we can make that happen. Maybe one of the podcasts, we will, we will have a special graduation, honorary doctorate of anxiety. You know, there's, there's only one benefit that comes from that is, is when my anxiety was an all time high, I never felt hungry. And so my weight stayed down. And, and I thought about writing a book at the time called the anxiety diet. And uh, I felt awful. You know, I was, I was actually too skinny. I got sick all the time. It was, it was really a miserable way to live life. So, you know, that's part of the passion that I have to, to share with this podcast is, you know, you don't have to live like that. Yeah. You know, you don't have to live that way. In fact, um, one of my favorite stories that, that has stuck in my mind for, for quite some time since I heard it is um, Pastor Rob Bell tells the story of a time in his life where his life was just kind of crazy and out of control. He was stressed out of his mind. And a friend met with him uh, for, for a meal at a restaurant. And the friend really did care about Rob. And he said to him, he said, Rob, listen, you don't have to live this way. <laughs> and, and, and Rob was like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but blah, 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 blah. And his friends, wait, wait, you didn't hear me. You don't have to live this way. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's this and that. I could, wait, wait, you didn't hear me. You don't have to live this way. Mm. And his friend just kept repeating it till it sunk in yeah. that there was a whole different way yeah. that he could approach his life. Yeah. And, and so, you know, maybe as we start to, to wrap things up for, for this week, um, maybe that's a thought, too, that you could, yeah. you could, kind of let ruminate around in the in the back of your mind you don't have to live this way whatever that is for you right now that's not working that's stressing you out filling you with anxiety or fear or depression or doubt um, there's another way I want to say to 
anyone that's listening right now, you don't have to live this way (laughs) just to hit it home. I love that. And we need, I mean, what a good friend. We need people in our ear, in our face saying to us, you don't have to live this way. And that's the lie. The lie of the devil is, oh, you're stuck in this forever. There's Mm -hmm. no hope. It's always going to be like this. You're always going to be this depressed. You're always going to be discouraged. Your marriage always going to be this bad. Your kid is only going to get worse. Your, uh, your job, your boss, they, they're going to, they hate you. They don't really like you and and you're not going to find another job. So you better stick out this one. And, you know, God is this God of abundance and the God of the abundant life, as he said to us. And, he says, you know, getting back to your question, what do you want? What do you want me to do? I can help you. We don't, you don't have to live this way. So if nothing else uh, from our podcast today, you don't have to live this way. What is it that you want to live? What is it that you want in your life? That can be, today can be your day where you say, you know what? I can control some things. I can't control everything. But I loved your statement, Will, that it's when we give up the control on the things we can't control that we then can put our full energies into the things we can. And when you put your full energy into those things that you can control, which first and foremost, like you said, is our, our mindset, how we approach things, how we care for ourselves, how we, we can go out and get more research and, and, and tools and resources about whatever we're dealing with. We can talk to people. We can ask people to pray for us. I mean, there's actually a lot we can do about any situation. And all those things can actually drastically change your life and your situation. Mm, absolutely. Yes. Yes, we could We could go on and on about all of these topics, um, but we're going to just kind of bring it to a close for for today. Um, and uh, just just to recap very quickly, um, I'm Dr. Will Johns with my brother, Dr. Rick Johns. This is Best Thoughts. And uh, today, uh, you've got a lot to choose from. And remember, we're, we're not going to do the journey for you. We're just giving you some tools that you can take to, to do your journey. Um, and, uh, and that's where it gets exciting. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to, to ask yourself... Um, who gave me this script? Hmm. Whose script are you living right now? Is it yours? Is it the one God gave you? Or is it somebody else? Somebody else's script. If there's no joy, then it's it's very likely someone else's script hmm. that has been given you. And it's not from God. Not from God. Uh, so where is the joy? There's another question. Yeah. Uh, the question from Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? What yeah. do you want in your life right now? Yeah. And then finally, you don't have to live this way. So all kinds of stuff there. We probably overdid it for today. Um, <laughs> so we'll try to we'll try to narrow it down, you know, for next time. But um, Rick, let me just let me throw out an idea. See what you think about this. You mentioned earlier the book, The Gifts of Imperfection. Mm-hmm. I think that's an incredible book. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to to spend some time in our next episode talking okay. about that. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. And, uh, you know, we don't have a set strong agenda for this podcast. So if we can hear from you, you want us to discuss something or tackle an issue, let us know. We'd love to do that. 
But I think for next podcast, we're going to tackle the book, The Gift of Imperfection by Brene Brown. If you're not familiar with her work, uh, wow, you'll enjoy our podcast next week. So stay tuned and join us. Yes, please. And if you've enjoyed this week's podcast, the very, very best compliment you can give us is to recommend it to a friend. We want other people to know that that this podcast exists. And um, Rick said earlier about us uh, looking for sponsors, you know, to hopefully make some money. Uh, that was a joke. We, we don't plan to make any money off of this. Hey, hey um, stop selling us short. You but, never know. Uh, but we might. We might. You never know. You know, remember, Will, you don't have to live this way. So maybe, maybe you can live <laughs> a wealthier existence if we get a sponsor. Yeah. But I'm not trying on the women's clothing. <laughs> Definitely not going to happen. Some money from women's clothing. Please sponsor us. <laughs> Will does not promote anything he hasn't tried. You heard it here first. So thank you for joining us. We will look forward to talking with you guys next time. Take care.